Before we get rolling into our message this morning, I just want to share a couple of brief announcements. One is, as you know, uh, prayer is critical to everything that we do here. And if you're a visitor with us this morning or uh, your members here, just as a reminder, we have cards in the front. We have a basket. If you'll fill out any prayer requests, we have an entire team. They'll start today praying for you. So that's up front. Also, uh, they really are needing it. They're in a critical state right now. Uh, for a blood in our area. So the blood drive is uh, this Tuesday, February 26th, between 1 and 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Keep that in mind. And then if you've been following the news, our own J.R. Holmes uh, became the winningest coach uh, high school basketball in the state of Indiana. Let's give J.R. a big home. <laughs> 807 wins and counting. I don't know if you knew this, but J.R. started in 1970. Richard Nixon was president. And the number one song, Bridge Over Troubled Waters, Simon and Garfunkel. Doesn't that describe high school coaching right there? Bridge Over Troubled Waters. So uh, we are going to get in today, which I absolutely love, is walking like Jesus. What does it look like to walk like Jesus? And uh, what Jesus does for us, which is amazing, he did this to the disciples, it's passed on from generation to generation. He gave us this remarkable comforter, and that comforter is called, anyone? The Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we get into your word this morning, we cannot thank you enough that you have given us this advocate and this helper to come alongside us, the Holy Spirit. So Lord, be with me that every word that I share this morning will bring glory to you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. The Holy Spirit. I mean, what does that mean, the Holy Spirit? You usually hear it, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the other translations, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's part of the Trinity. But what does it mean for us personally? Dictionary.com describes it this way. The Spirit of God is the presence of God as part of a person's religious experience. But I got to tell you, the Holy Spirit is far greater than just a religious experience. In fact, I think it's important to step back and say what the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not physical matter. In other words, you can't pick it up. You can't hold it. You can't measure it. You can't weigh it. It is beyond boundaries. It cannot be measured. It is something that Jesus Christ has given us. And I love the fact that he says this is a gift it's the greatest gift that he's given us. Matter of fact, what Jesus does through the Holy Spirit is the Spirit allows us truly to become more like Jesus. And that's exactly the number one priority of the Spirit. Listen to this quote by G.K. Chesterton. I love this. The life of Jesus went as swift as a thunderbolt and almost into the manner of a military march, certainly in the manner of a quest of a hero moving to his achievement or his doom. In other words, there was this inner voice, this drive in the life of Jesus. There was this daily whisper that led him every day of his life that should lead us every day of our life. And it was that whisper, it was that leading every day that eventually led Jesus Christ to the cross and beyond. And he wants us to have that same spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit is mysterious. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, 
but it is an amazing mystery. Uh, Ken Mitchell, a good friend, uh, a while back, he was sharing, uh, this is great about, he goes, I know I'm getting older, because he said, uh, uh, here's a great mystery. He said, uh, I'll order something from Amazon, and it comes in, and I think, it's Christmas, because I have no idea what's in the box. Have you ever been there? You order this stuff, you're like, oh, that's great, something's in there. Well, we have this mystery in our life called the Holy Spirit, and it's an amazing mystery. Here's the big idea today. Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit completely, and he showed us that we can do the same. This morning, we're going to look closer at Luke chapter 4, and we're going to see how the Holy Spirit was active in the life of Jesus and can be active in our life. So if you're taking notes, six or seven of you, if you'd like to write this down, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Follow with me, starting Luke 4, chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, critical, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. For 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus didn't eat. Now think about that. He fasted to prepare. So he came out of the water. And John the Baptist baptizes him. And this power through a dove, the Holy Spirit ascends unto him. And the Spirit moves him and takes care of him into the wilderness. And we see this in the Old Testament in the life of Elijah and Moses. And if you look in your scriptures, I know in my Bible... The heading is, Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Some of you right now are being tested. Some of you are going through some incredibly hard times, and I'm here to tell you, God's Spirit is here for you. But see, it's important that we realize we need to study the message of Jesus, the words of Jesus. We cherish those, but we also need to look at the method of Jesus. So here's the method of Jesus. Jesus would withdraw. He would recharge and he would engage. Would you say those words with me? Withdraw, recharge, engage. Several times as you read through the gospel, you'll see this. Jesus is with a, is a group of folks. Maybe it's in the midst of a miracle. And all of a sudden I say, and then Jesus withdrew. And you're like, well, Jesus, the, your timing is terrible. Why are you pulling away from the crowd? It's because Jesus always realized it's time for me to, to fill up with the Holy Spirit again. It's time for me to recharge with God, and he would withdraw. And I think of the noise of life that Jesus moved away from, and I think of the noise in my life and the noise in your life. Think how hard it is for us to literally withdraw from the noise of this world. And you know why? We have this thing called an iPhone. Perhaps you've heard of it. And it, it is the, um, it's the invisible leech, lynch, not leech. <laughs> It's like a leech, okay? And it just pulls you. Let's go with that leech analogy. It just sucks the life out of you, you know what I'm saying? And it's a leech. Go with either one. But here's the thing that Jesus did. Here's how he recharges. He would pull away, he would withdraw, and he'd allow the Spirit to pour through him. Now, let's talk about what it means to charge because let's go back to the phone again, the iPhone, uh, smartphones. Have you ever thought about what we're willing to do to charge our phones, the obsession with it. 
we have the charger for home, and I know none of you have a charger in your car, and then you go out, maybe Starbucks, have you ever noticed how many people are looking for the outlet and they're plugging in? Even if you're at the airport, what's the prime seat? Oh, it's the charger, you know. We'll do anything to charge our phone, but what are we willing to do to charge our soul? And do we have the same passion to charge ourselves so that the Holy Spirit will find its way into our lives? That's what I'm passionate about Jesus because Jesus taught us the importance of withdrawing, recharging, and then engaging with the public and people from the spirit to the street. Jesus taught us so many valuable lessons. His method is critical. Withdraw, recharge, engage. One of the things we're going to do here at all campuses that I'm excited about from March 25th through Palm Sunday, we're going to have a 21-day prayer challenge for everyone. Everyone will receive a prayer calendar. Each day will be marked something to pray for. Uh, there's actually going to be a little dot that you can put on your phone, or if you're old school, you can put it on your watch. And it's a reminder at 7.14 every morning and every evening to pray this prayer. If our Father, if our country, if our nation will humble themselves and what? Pray then I will bless their nation. And so we're going to lift up prayer for 21 days to prepare our hearts for Easter. We need to withdraw. We need to pray. I've heard it said, and I think it's so true, sin is a result of our actions when we are not satisfied with God. In other words, when the Holy Spirit is not in our lives, then we are not satisfied with God. I'd like to quote a song. I'm surprised the worship team didn't sing it. It's Burning Man by Dirks Bentley, Country Western. Can I have an amen for Dirks on this one? But I want you to thank you for that. Okay, I want you to think about this uh, lyric. I love this. I'm a little bit steady. I'm a little bit rolling stone. I'm a little bit heaven, but still a little bit flesh and bone. A little found, a little don't know where I am. I'm a little bit holy water, but still a little bit burning man. And that the battle that we all face every day. Every day we have that battle. Romans 7:15, Paul says it well. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. We all face that struggle. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit so desperately in our lives. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. But not only was Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. If you look at verses 3 through 13, you see the three temptations of Jesus, and you need to see how those same temptations are what we deal with on a regular basis. Do you remember the first temptation in verse 3 of chapter 4? He is led and he's been fasting for 40 days. And what does Satan do? Why don't you turn the stone to bread? He's appealing to the emotions of Jesus. He's appealing to the heart of Jesus. I've heard this said, and I think it's so true. Before you make a big decision in your life, before you make any decision, ask these four questions. And remember this acronym, HALT. Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Now, if I took a poll right now, and you think of some of your big decisions of life, how many of you made a terrible decision because you were either hungry or angry or lonely or you're tired? 
You see, Satan realized he is so hungry right now and he's tired, so I'm going to go straight for his heart. Jesus didn't bend. Second temptation is he took him to a high place and now he's applying pressure to the mind of Jesus. Takes him to the high place and says, Lord, you can have all of these kingdoms here on earth. These can be yours. And I say he's appealing to the mind because he wants Jesus to reason. He wants Jesus simply to take a shortcut. And you know, our minds and our thoughts can do that. We can lean into what's easy and not what's right. And once again, Jesus was victorious. Why? Because Jesus was being led by the Spirit. And then the third temptation is the soul. This is the entire destiny and future of Jesus. He took him to the highest place and basically said, if you'll worship me, in essence, you don't have to go to the cross. This plan A that you're on is going to be difficult. Why don't you go with plan B? And Jesus was able to walk away from Satan. Why? Because he was full of the Spirit. And we can too. Matter of fact, remember those three words, how he battled Satan? No long conversation. What were the three words? It is written. Bank on it. Fill your tanks with God's word. Allow God's word to live in your life. Matter of fact, look at verse 13. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left until what? The opportune time. That means he's coming back after Jesus. Guess what? He's coming after you too. And he's coming after me. That's why it's critical that we're full of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a quote that I love. The twofold purpose of the Holy Spirit is to comfort the conflicted and to conflict the comfortable. Let me say that again. The twofold purpose of the Holy Spirit is to comfort the conflicted and to conflict the comfortable. Now, what do I mean by comfort? I'm going to be honest with you. I know a lot of people brag about Southern Indiana, and I trust me, I love living here, but I hate the winters here. I, I do. You know what? I did some research on this, which is strange, but I don't know why, but I thought it just seems like living here for so long that the winters here have a lot of gray days. And you know, we're ranked one of the highest places in the country for gray days. Does that make you feel great? I mean, the other day I was in Panera's and I heard these two older gentlemen, and it was it was really kind of uh, touching to my heart because this guy said, man, I'm so sorry I canceled our meeting yesterday. I was just so down because it's so great and the sun's out and I felt like now we can talk. And I thought a lot of people feel that way. And when I'm going through these gray day experiences, this is the only thing I like about winter at my house. I have a, I have a gas fireplace and I get out my favorite blanket. Uh, it's a Cardinal's blanket. It's got some holes in it from that stupid dog we have that's bitten through it, you know. So I at least put my toe through it, you know. And that dog, will, puppy will cuddle up to me and I'll be having my devotion time. And, and I just feel this comfort. They even call the blanket a comforter come over me. Another thing I love is if you go down south, there's a particular kind of food. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's called comfort food. Ah. <laughs> uh, it is so good. Here's what comfort food is, and I, I love the definition. It provides nostalgic or sentimental value to someone. Isn't that true? There's just some amazing memories that come. Now, here's what comfort food is. It's high in carbs. That would be bread and butter. And honestly, that's a good thing, okay? It's high in sugar, pie and cake, 
which I like to call love, okay? <laughs> and I looked at my mother-in-law. I thought a lot about my mother-in-law. She's, she's passed away. And um, I remember how, and you know how this is with big families. You get the tables and you start just stacking them up, spreading them out. And then here comes the comfort food. And it was love. Every bit of it. And if she said, John, do you want an extra scoop of potatoes? In love, yes. You know, when you put it on the plate. Well, we know what that means, but have you ever thought about what does comfort mean through the word of God? Jesus said in John 16, 7, I will provide for you a comforter, an advocate, a helper. Philippians 4, 7 says, I will provide a peace. That's the comfort. A peace beyond understanding. Have you ever tried to explain the Holy Spirit to a non-believer? They actually think you're nuts. I mean, think about it. You're like, I was just going through this really difficult time, and I sensed this overwhelming peace come over me. And they're like, that's called medication. <laughs> now, if you're at the west side, they'd say, that's why you have two bars. I mean, I mean, that's, that's how you calm your... No, 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 no. This peace that comes over you is beyond description, isn't it? And I love that the Holy Spirit comes over us and this peace is unexplainable. Something happened to us in the last month that uh, was a game changer for the Robertson family. Uh, so many people had warned me about this. They said, man, if this happens, it's going to change everything. And I really thought they were overreacting. But my oldest daughter and uh, my son-in-law, Jordan, had their first baby. And so I'm a grandpa. Isn't that great? Uh, uh, yeah, that's awesome. And I've already told her, you know, my name, my name is Papa John. Papa John. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Lydia Marie. And I thought some of you would be begging. I know grandparents, are t they, they always want to show you a picture. So I, I hate to do that. I just want to show you one picture for camera. Okay, just. Okay, if you. <laughs> the. Um, the day before Lydia was born, <laughs> gosh, I'll get through this. The day before Lydia was born, uh, it was hard. Uh, Rachel was just uh, in labor all day, and as we were approaching evening, the, the nurses were trying to be nice, but they were preparing Rachel. They were like, uh, the baby's not exactly in the position she should be. She's already small, uh, so we may have a C-section, but don't worry. And, uh, you know, I saw this big <laughs> tear roll down Rachel's eye, and about... 11 o'clock that night, I was out with Marie and Danielle, my youngest daughter, and uh, you all know what I'm talking about. I couldn't fix it. And so I went down to the chapel. I just got on my knees and said, God, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to say other than uh, please just, just guard my little girl. And here's the dangerous thing when you pray, Lord, um, your will be done. And it was so cold outside. And I went outside, and it's uh, St. Francis Hospital in Indy. And they have these two angels, and they're outside the hospital. And I want to show you a picture of one. They, they actually are about 50 feet apart, and they're looking at each other. And I stood there, and I looked at that angel, and I looked at the other angel, and it was as if they were saying, we are here for these moms, and we're going to take care of these babies. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. 
And I walked in the next morning and they introduced us. They wouldn't tell us the name until we got in the room and said, uh, this is Lydia Marie. And, uh, and I bawled like a baby and I ran out in the hall. And my, my daughter, Rachel, said, I won the bet. You cried first. And I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. I never really liked Rachel, but hey, she, she gave me a grandbaby, so she's okay. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit. It provides this comfort that is beyond explanation. Uh, but I'll tell you what else the Holy Spirit does is it can conflict us when we're comfortable. To be honest, some of you, I go through this too. You're too comfortable right now. You sit in the same pew every week. And if you're not careful, you get comfortable. You watch a video like that mission trip and you're like, boy, somebody ought to do that. Maybe God's whisper is, maybe you ought to do that. What's God nudging you to do through the Holy Spirit? Because you know when that nudge is there. You can sense it. You know he's moving you to do something. One of my heroes is a guy named John O'Leary. If you want to research his story, go online out of the St. Louis era. He was burnt over 90% of his body when he was a kid. He, he's an amazing speaker. And uh, his quote is this, fear suffocates, love liberates. Fear suffocates and love liberates. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the ESV says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. See, that same spirit that can comfort you when you need it is also the same spirit that nudges us and pokes us and says, Come on now. You know you can do this. You know you can have the courage to do this. And sometimes all it takes, all it takes is that Holy Spirit to nudge you and for you to take 20 seconds of insane courage to do something that God has called you to do. Seriously, what is it this morning you need? I mean, do you need the Holy Spirit to just provide peace and comfort? And I know some of you are going through difficult, difficult times right now and you barely got here this morning. It was so hard to make it here this morning and I want you to know that God's Spirit will give you a peace beyond understanding. Or maybe God's spirit is whispering 20 seconds of courage. But there's something in your life you need to be moving towards. And my prayer in these few minutes to come is that you'll take that opportunity to surrender that to God and let God's spirit do what only God's spirit can do. In just a few moments, we're gonna break bread and we're going to drink juice together and take communion. If you're a guest with us, this is a tradition that we have here at the church here at Sherwood Oaks as we take communion every week. And as you take communion, I want you to think about this, that the most courageous thing that has ever been done was done for us through Jesus Christ. And that when we break the bread and we drink the juice, that's exactly what we remember. We remember what Jesus has done for us. Filled by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, we have this time of communion when we think about Jesus, only Jesus and what he has done for us. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.